Going Linux, episode 360, Run Your Business on Linux, part 2. Welcome to the Going Linux podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you are new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you with valuable information and advice that will help you in going Linux. We hope that you find this and all our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done. In today's episode, the second of several parts on Linux applications for business. Hey, Bill, welcome to a new year with Linux. Yes, it is a new year. Of course, we're recording this before uh, Christmas, so yeah, but they won't hear it until after. Right, so, right. hey, happy new year. Right, so if we if we don't mention anything, nobody will notice. Oh, wait, we already uh, did. I still, I still think they already Yeah, noticed, they so, figured yeah. that out. Okay. <laughs> At the end of last year, we... We had a unusually large number of email and audio messages. In fact, we had so many messages that we had to produce two listener feedback episodes back to back in December. Right. And <laughs> with that, I just like to thank a few people. I'd like to thank everybody who contributed questions, answers, comments, and suggestions by email and audio messages. I'd like to thank everyone who clicked the donate button on the website. I'd like to thank everyone who has read my books. I'd like to thank, uh, as well, Martin Wimpress and the team for including links to purchase my books right on the webpage where you download the Ubuntu Mate distribution. And I'd like to thank you, Bill, for another fantastic year as co-host of the Going Linux podcast. Thank you, Larry. And by the way, someone actually clicked the donate button? Yes, 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 they have. And we never mentioned that. It's just the I only know that donate buttons there is because uh, before I become ho host, I suggested, hey, you should have a donate button. <laughs> I didn't know so anybody ever. I mean, it's there, and we yeah. don't promote it a lot, but I think three or four people may have donated um, over the course of the year. And we thank you for that because our <laughs> bandwidth costs are way more than that. But hey, it helps. <laughs> hey. Okay, so you thanked all your people. Let me thank my peeps. You got okay? it. Okay, first off, I need to thank all the amateur radio operators from for taking over. I appreciate that. Uh, and But no, seriously, I want to thank all our listeners. It's been a uh, fun year, and I look forward to another one. So, guys, I hope you have a – you had a great holiday season, and uh, – you guys be safe, and so you can listen to Larry's uh, uh, wonderful voice again. And Larry, I want to thank you for letting me be part of the podcast. You know, you had to put up with all my little, um, shall we say, inconsistencies. <laughs> hey, Bill, that makes it fun. But you did forget somebody for for his guest uh -huh. appearances. Your dog. Oh. Bear. Yeah, bear. <laughs> bear, my dog. Yes, he is at right now banished unhappily to the living room because... Oh, uh, what did he do? Uh, well, it's not what he does. He just likes to uh, glump around and uh, make lots of noise. So mm -hmm. I'm trying something new. 
Okay. But he's probably oh no in a second thought he's not in the living room. He's got his uh uh paws underneath the door with his big uh nose underneath going, <laughs> Hey, let me in. Hey Bill, what so, you doing? <laughs> what you doing? What you doing? <laughs> so yes. Anyway. Uh, Bear says, uh, happy holidays also. Okay, moving right along. Moving along. Let's get into our episode here. (laughs) Before Bear takes over, that's what we should worry about. Yes. Um, Yes. In part one of our series, we mentioned that each business is different, so each one of these needs different kinds of software. In this episode, we're going to talk about some of the software that you might find useful uh, if you're a writer. Right. And we won't be talking about the common software that everyone might need, like a web browser, an office suite, a chat application, and communication or conference software. We listed and discussed some of those in episode one. We mentioned some software that that you might want to look at if you are writing for a living. The, uh, these might uh, be such jobs as a copywriter, an author of novels, or a creator of technical articles for publication in an online magazine. Right. And certainly a basic word processor, like the writer application that's provided in LibreOffice and OpenOffice Office Suites, have some powerful features that can provide the average office worker with everything they need for writing documents. It might even provide enough capability for somebody wanting to write a book and self-publish it in PDF or even basic EPUB format. Remember that Writer has an export to PDF and export to EPUB built right in, so you don't need any additional software for simple applications. If you make a living at writing and, and publishing books or documents or magazine articles, you might need something with a little more power and flexibility with formatting. You might also want to start with some basic templates or provide the finished document with full color, color correction, illustrations. Here's a list of some applications you might want to test out. Most of these are open source and free. If your operating system is a flavor of Linux, many of these uh, specialty applications may be available in your distribution software repositories, software store, or software boutique. Right, and that goes for all of the software that we talk about here. Uh, When you're Using Linux, check the software repositories for your distribution first when looking for software. So if you need something specialized for creating your work and providing it in special formats required for publishing, you can try or use some of these applications for free, and some let you expand capabilities for a fee. Uh, We're just going to list some of these. Calibre. 365 Layouts, Canva, Designer with a Y, Fat Paint, that's all one word, and Lucid Press. Now, not all of these are open source. Not all of these are absolutely free, as I just mentioned, uh, but all of these have either a free trial or some sort of free to them, so you can try them out ahead of time. Yeah, I like the Lucid Press name. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Lucid Press. So, Calibre is the perfect tool if you want to publish on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Smashwords, or other platforms. It lets you directly edit the the EPUB files using conjunction with word processors like the ones we mentioned in the first part of the series. You can develop a 
great workflow for creating ebook formats such as PDF, EPUB, and Mobi uh, documents. The, the rest in this list are online applications. Which ones are online, Larry? So everything except Calibri. So 365 layouts, Canva, Designer, Fat Paint, and Lucid Press. And yeah, so those are the uh, online um, applications that let you do layouts and so on. And of course, if you're using the online ones, you can uh, you know, do your writing directly in most of them and others you'll want something like writer or word processor of some sort to create your document and then paste it in and then do your formatting there. Um, is, uh, yeah. is 360, is 365 layouts, uh, tied to office 365 or it's just a, uh, uh, common name. Uh, I think it is not associated with Microsoft or Office 365. I think they've just used that to capitalize on the fact that people recognize 365 as an Office suite kind uh. of thing. I think. Uh, I don't see anything on their webpage that indicates they're at all affiliated with Microsoft. Not that that's uh, a bad thing. I, I mean, I've... Uh, uh, used my web browser you know, I, you know with all these online uh, services you can uh, some if you need to uh, get do a quick dirty edit or a um, uh, or write a quick uh, compatible um, document you can use uh, office 365 in like chrome and um, uh, netscape so i mean it's not that big of a deal now that's uh quite true quite true these uh, specific applications are for the more advanced, not just simple document writers like like Writer or like uh, Google Docs, um, but rather something that gives you the ability to create EPUBs and uh, Mobi yeah. and the electronic document format for publishing. Well, you know, e uh, we use Google Docs uh, quite a bit yeah. for our show notes and everything, and it, it, they seem to be making... Uh, uh, cool new uh, changes and adding features to it. So I mean, remember when it first started, it was kind of very, very basic, and now yep. it's got it's starting to add features. So yeah, so you have plenty of uh, options. Uh, and what about creating illustrations and editing them and all that? If you're writing a book, a manual, or an article that discusses how to use Linux. And its applications, a simple screenshot application to capture your screen, like the one that came with your Linux distribution, is likely just fine for that. But some other screen capture applications that provide some more options in capturing, annotating, and editing the screenshots include things like Shutter, MAME, GNOME Screenshot, Flameshot, and Spectacle. And there are many, many others, but... Let me just describe each of those. Uh, Shutter is something that I've used for a long time. It's really been discontinued uh, since 2014, but it's still available. That's a, great, in that's a great program. It is. It's still available in many software repositories. It has an editor built in that lets you do annotations and so on, and that's why I like it. I'm looking at some of these others now that I have a list of you know, substitutes. Um, I used to use Scrot. S-C-R-O-T, which stands for screen shot. You know, the first part of screen and the last part <laughs> of shot. This That's is cool. how this is how those weird names come about, <laughs> Bill. Yes, Scrod. I mean that that's all that's also I like that name too. It's like 
Uh, let's see how weird we can make the names. Yes, but that's been discontinued that's awesome. as well for quite a while. Really? And, yeah, and so uh, I switched over to Shutter, but this MAIM, M-A-I-M, uh, which stands for Make Image, is the spiritual successor to Scrot, as they uh, write about it. Um, and it's a simple screen capture program, and it's uh, command line compatible if you want to do screenshots from the command line. Seems a little funny <laughs> to do graphics from huh. a command line, but you can do it. Uh, and you'll figure out what <laughs> how that actually works if you take a look at the link in the show notes. We'll have a link in the show notes to all this software. Um, so anyway, moving on. Uh, GNOME Screenshot. This is the one that comes with the GNOME desktop environment. And it was formerly part of GNOME Utilities package that comes with GNOME. But in 2011, it was split into its own package. And so now you can install GNOME Screenshot itself uh, on any Linux distribution that it's compatible with. So that's pretty much all of them. Yeah. So uh, if you like uh, GNOME Screenshot, if you've used GNOME and you like the way that its screenshot utility works, you can get it in your Linux repository more than likely. Flameshot is a really powerful yet simple to use screenshot software. Um, its features include things like customizable appearance, in-app screenshotting, drawing tools, uh, arrows, lines, circles, you know, annotations, that kind of thing. So the write-ups indicate that it's really good. Uh, and spectacle captures images of the screen, as you would think a screenshot uh, program would do. It can <laughs> capture the whole screen, a specific region, an individual window, or only part of a window. And those features are common to most of these screenshot applications. Um, I would say start with the one that came with your Linux distribution. And if that doesn't do enough for you, then investigate some of these. So now that you've captured your screen, you probably need something to edit those screenshots. An application like GIMP might uh, be fine, provide you with all the tools you need. It is a professional-grade photo and illustration editor that gives you layers, filters, effects, and other editing capabilities that you might expect to find in more expensive Photoshop or Illustrator applications on Windows or Mac OS. GIMP allows you to create, edit, and export photos and illustrations in multiple formats. You can import uh, illustrations in many formats and export as PNG, uh, the JPG, the JPEG, the GIF, the PostScript, the digital communications and image in medicine image or in ASCII art. Yeah, there's more. There's more. I did not. Uh, well, really, I did not know it did uh, medical imaging. That's, yeah, that, yeah. I'm I'm assuming that that's for things like X-rays and those kinds of things. Um, who knew? It, yeah, who knew? <laughs> I'm sitting there going, really? Yeah. But uh, my mind's blown this morning. I didn't know there was a difference between JPG and the JPEG. So shows goes to show you what I know, but. Wow, I, that, that's okay. You're blowing my mind. Um, but I use GIMP, and and of course I use the very basic features when I've ever used it. For anybody that's going to use GIMP, uh, it probably won't be much of an issue for them. Is there is a little bit of a learning curve? Yeah, it's very powerful software, and with great power comes great 
need to read the manual. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? No, no, you don't understand. I don't want to read the manual. I just wanted to. I wanted to automatically know what I wanted to do. But oh, oh well, that, that's that's never mind. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's really really powerful. Uh, I've only used the basic functions because I've never had to really do it uh, for a job or anything. But yeah, GIMP. If you if you use uh, you know some of the professional ones like Illustration. Or uh, you know uh, what's what's that other real big one? It's uh, illustration and um, oh goodness, I can't remember. It's another big commercial one. Oh, Illustrator and uh, yeah. um, Photoshop. Photoshop, Photoshop. Yeah. That's the one I was thinking of. See, I'm a moron before I've had at least twelve cups of coffee. So uh, the um, things will be in a different place. But if you can use those, you should be able to pick up GIMP really, really quick. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, things will be in a different place. Uh, but GIMP is great for pixel-based images. But if you need something where... It does more? <laughs> it probably does more. But I use it for basic stuff as well. But it's oh, okay. it's it's basically for pixels, though. You know, if your image has pixels and you're manipulating the pixels, you know, changing the pixels and, you know, editing that way, GIMP is the tool for you. But if you need something that you can use with a graphics tablet for creating your own drawings and artwork, or if you need scalable vector graphics and the ability to edit those, then you need a different tool. Vector graphics, just from a definition perspective, consists of shapes called objects, which are simple and geometric, like points, lines, curves, circles, and polygons. And objects are based on mathematical equations that you can edit uh, for each object separately. And by edit, I mean graphically edit those. You can change the shape, color, size, and position. Illustrations are created in vector graphics by combining all of these shapes. You might want to try some of these uh, vector graphic applications. Inkscape, uh, X. Xera Extreme. Yep, I don't know how to pronounce uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. So, uh, SVG Edit, Skinsel, and uh, Latex Draw, uh, IPE, and LibreOffice Draw, and Print Design. And so, just a little background here. So, Inkscape, of course, is just a standard uh, vector based uh, drawing program. Now, Zera Extreme is the uh, the big heavyweight vector graphics illustration and DTP program, which I have no idea what that is. But I think okay. that's desktop publishing. Oh well, that would make sense. I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, com- uh, and then we got SVG Edit, which is a uh, uh, complete vector graphics editor in the browser in JavaScript. And then you have uh, Skensel, which uh, is an interactive vector drawing program. And then uh, the LaTeX Draw, they, the description just says it's a vector drawing program like la- for LaTeX using PST tricks. So, okay. And then we have IPE, which their description of it says it's a, an extensible uh, drawing editor. And then, of course, LibreOffice is the catch-all the vector graphics editor and diagramming tool which i have used <laughs> mm-hmm. so i have used that one and then you have the final the one on the list is uh called print design and their description says hey we're just the successor to the sk1 illustration program but 
you know what? There's one in that list uh, that should that isn't that should be there. Oh. And uh, how about Blender? Okay, yeah. So you could do Blender. I thought that you was forgot for, Blender. That's for videos, though, isn't it? I thought. Does it do vector graphics? I thought it did. Okay, Am we'll, I, we'll look into that. Let me, <laughs> let, let me. Well, let me just look on the Googles while we're doing this, okay. uh, and watch me be wrong. Maybe. Uh, it imports entirely through the simulation rendering. Uh, yeah, while you're while you're looking, there's yep. A lot of these programs have a lot of features, and these brief little descriptions that we're giving don't do them justice. Uh, and unfortunately, since we can't use all of these programs. Uh, simply because a we don't need to use them, and b because we don't have time to investigate everything, um, we're not doing justice to these programs. There's a lot more to them, and if you no. need to use them, if you're in one of these professions, give them a try. I mean, this is Linux. You yeah. you can try them without any penalty, just uh, or or cost in most cases, and uh, just give them a try and see if it's for you. Well, it looks like I'm I'm wrong. It it looks like Blender. I was almost certain that it did, but uh, Blender's for the uh, for video. So okay, yeah, I everybody, so. yeah, everybody, just don't worry about what I just said. It, you know, we'll Larry, we'll, you we'll edit to... we'll edit that into our segment on video producers as a professional oh, using Linux. Okay. How's that or sound? we can just. Oh yeah, could you just take all that out? That'd be perfect. Okay, maybe I will. Yeah. Maybe I won't. Maybe I won't. <laughs> At least, hey, don't you know that we are always right? And if we're right, if we're wrong, we make us sound right. So yep. it's all it's all good. Yep, editing is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Um, I can make it sound like uh, you're here when you're not. You know, we've got. <laughs> uh, or you can make me sound smart. Oh, wait a minute. That, there, there is uh, uh, links to, in a, in the capabilities. Never mind. So, um, uh, all right. You know, Larry, we've got all these. Say, we got all these things, and now I need to share them. So, tell me what we can, what programs we have for that. Yeah, so this will be our last topic on this subject, and that is if you're a writer who's collaborating with others, either to do research or with your editors or co-authors, you may want to use software that allows you to share your documents and possibly even edit the same documents at the same time. And here are some options for you. Google Docs, of course, uh, allows you to create a document and share it and edit it with other people at the same time. Google Drive allows you to store and share them. Box is a similar sort of uh, online storage and file sharing application, as is Dropbox, Quip, Q-U-I-P, Zoho, Z-O-H-O, and there's a whole office suite around that, but file sharing is built in, NextCloud, and OneDrive. OneDrive is from our friends over at Microsoft. Um, all of these have ways to use them for free, some with some limits to the functionality, and some of them have paid versions as well that give you more features specifically designed for business. And I have to give a disclaimer at this point. I work for the cloud company Salesforce, and Salesforce is the company behind Quip, and Quip has... Um, uh, document editing and spreadsheet editing and 
has added in some presentation editing and things uh, like that in as, as cloud-based software. There's a free version. We'll have a link in the show notes to get you that free version, but limits to number of users and things like that before you have to buy licenses. Okay, so did you, have you been speaking to our lawyers again with that disclaimer? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have another disclaimer that I should probably read here. So give me a second to pull that up because... Uh, it's rather important that uh, you know this. I am employed by the cloud computing company Salesforce. The opinions expressed in forums, social media, and this podcast are mine and do not necessarily reflect the opinion of my employer. Likewise, the political positions and public opinions expressed by Salesforce and its executives do not necessarily reflect mine. Okay, let me tell you, uh, it's kind of uh, funny. Most, uh, I, I know I do, and I, I think Larry does. So we, we use uh, Dropbox for our audio files. We use Google Drive. I use Google Drive for personal and for um, just storage. And then we use, of course, Google Docs. And then um, I actually even use OneDrive because I have to. I have to have access for it at, for work and stuff, and and somehow I managed to get uh, uh, a personal account. I don't know how I did that, but uh, I've got it. So uh, going over some of these, uh, one that uh, I like Google Drive, except that I don't think it's as um, as easy to use, and it's just probably the way I think uh, that Dropbox. I think Dropbox is probably uh, my favorite because you can upload from the web, uh, a web browser. You can drop, um, you can sync with the, their client. Um, so I'm not, you know, if I would have to say, if I was writing those, uh, I would say, I have never used Quip. I'm going to have to use it now. But anyway, you know, OneDrive uh, is, is good if you have users that might have still uh, Microsoft. But I do not know of any um native client for linux uh for uh onedrive maybe one day since you know microsoft says they're going to be embracing more open source i have an account with box that i've used two or three times you know they, they were going to blow those away larry mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep, yep. i'll take anything for free you know right so but uh in this quip um because i really don't know um does quip have a uh client for linux uh it's online so you don't need a client for oh anything. it's all online so yeah yeah it, the answer is yes okay <laughs> there so you go the, <laughs> yeah so okay. i i don't want this to be a commercial for the company i work for so uh, there you go yeah but you know i would just tell you that i like to drop uh, dropbox is probably one of my favorites so yeah dropbox works really well i know it's not open source but uh it's kind of uh become a standard here at going Linux. Well, what's nice is, and I think it's why it, it's it's so popular. If they have a Mac client, they have a Windows client, they have a Linux client. Uh, so when you can use it on just about anything, you tend to use something that you don't have to say, okay, I can use, you know, Google Drive on this one. And of course, you can use Google Drive. You can. Um, upload from the web browser to it. Yeah, I just don't think it's as clean, but that's just me. 
so yeah, I would say um, pick the one that works for you. They're all good, um, but yeah, the prices are coming down cloud uh, storage so much, Larry. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, it's it the price is coming down for storage in the cloud. The functionality is increasing, and the speed of uh, connection to the internet across the United States, at least, where it's been up, you know, deplorably slow compared to the rest of the world. Uh, not as slow as some parts of the world, but certainly slower than some places. Uh, it has yeah. been improving. Yeah. There, there is one on this list that I I've used, and uh, I don't know if it was. It's more of a for people that are concerned about privacy, but you got Spider Oak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Spider Oak is a one. So don't ever forget your password, or you're in trouble because they can't have access to it. Access to it, and you, and then if you forget, it, you don't. And that's I think one of the things is uh, we don't know what is on the in the account because we don't have access to it. So if you're more privacy minded, you might want to look at Spider Oak. Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I left that off the list unintentionally. No slight to the folks at Spider Oak. It's just that there no, are, no. there's so much software out there that uh, it's hard to get it all in. And um, thanks for mentioning that, Bill. Yeah. And just so you know, Larry, uh, uh, my disclaimer is I, I, have, I do not work for Spider Oak and I haven't been paid to endorse their products. <laughs> or, or, or any of these uh products that are yeah. listed here and any of these others and my opinions are mine alone and do not necessarily reflect that of the going lengths podcast uh massive corporation that we <laughs> oh never mind <laughs> <laughs> uh, i gotta yes. keep it lighthearted. it's the first show of the new year come on there you go yeah anyway um so that's it for this segment this, uh, okay. you know, segment two of our ongoing series. And our next episode will be listener feedback. So until then, you can go to our website at goinglinux.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe. We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. And if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining discussion and our Going Linux podcast, Google Plus community. Until next time, thanks for listening. 73. Theme music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.